Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kate Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ayo! Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, researcher for the NFL Network, and I'm joined by Kate Majuk, senior content creator at the Gaming Society, and Jake Trowbridge, contributor with Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. It is fantasy football playoff season, baby. So if, you know, if you're listening to us, you probably made the playoffs or you just really love listening to us, which other, whatever reason, we're happy you are here. I will say there is actually one league I'm in where the playoffs don't start till next week because there's only four teams that make it out of 12. So you might still be fighting for that playoff spot and we're still here for you either way. How, 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 I was just about to say, I knew you were going to ask, and I wanted to get ahead of it before I even had to hear the question, because the leagues I'm in the playoffs in, like, I feel good about all of those leagues, except for one. And it's the one league that we're all in together. The one that I scraped and clawed my (laughs) way into the playoffs in this dynasty league. I had the unfortunate luck of not one, but both of my top quarterbacks going out this week and Debo Samuel going out this week. I'm going to have to play like Colt McCoy and Brett Rippon or some combination of awful backup quarterback. And I hate it. I hate this game. Oh, I do have Geno Smith in that league if you want him because it is the trade deadline's passed. We can't even yeah, why, trade anymore. Why is there a trade deadline in Dynasty? I don't know. We got to talk to the commissioner about different this. Different day, okay. guys. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> a different day. I will say, so I made, the, uh, I made the playoffs in all of my leagues except for that league that we're in. That is... Um, a complete rebuild. If you guys saw that roster, oh my goodness, that's been a dynasty league we've been in for a few years, but that never was expecting the playoffs. And then the other one, so there was two leagues that did not make it in, was Rachel's league. She's a big listener to this podcast. Hashtag Tootsie Pop. She, go, yeah, she had us for a free league. I actually tried very hard to make the playoffs in that league, and I just kept failing hard and hard. So those are the two I didn't make it in. Very sad. But the rest I made it. I'm very excited. Uh, and, you know, we'll see how many championships we can bring home with the pod. But the goal is to bring you guys home the championship. That's the most important. So let's hop into this news and notes and get started. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. All right, first off the bat here, big one, Ken Walker. So he's off the injury report, and that's the hard part, right? So he is playing on Thursday night football. Now the hard decision is, do you play him? Because A, not only is he coming off this injury, so you don't know how many snaps he's going to play or how good he'll be, he also has to face the 49ers. And every week on this podcast, we say, don't play running backs against the 49ers. So what are you doing, Jake, with Ken Walker? I can't. It's the playoffs. I can't start Kenneth Walker against that awful, awful, awful fantasy matchup for running backs off of an injury when Pete Carroll is already a known liar about his players' health status from year to year, week to week, none of it bodes well. I'll I'll find something else to put in his place. Yeah, my way of thinking about it, and Kate, I want to see if you agree. It's if he goes off, I tweeted this exact thing, so you may have already seen it if you're listening. If he goes off, coming off an ankle injury against the 49ers, who we always say, like, we're already worried about playing any running back against them. If he goes off, then so be it. I'll live with that because, like, good for you, Ken Walker. You're amazing. You overcame this. Fine. 
I can deal with that on my bench. What I can't deal with is sitting there looking at this five point score or worse in my lineup from Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in the playoffs playing a guy that you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I played a guy coming off an ankle injury against the hardest matchup. And he's sitting there in my lineup for four points. Like I cannot live with that. So that's my thought process around this. And I like, I cannot play him unless I'm super, super desperate. What about you, Kate? Yeah, I, I have to be super desperate and hopefully, hopefully the fact that this guy was a mid-season waiver wire ad, like hopefully he is like one of these guys that you kind of added into the mix as a supplementary player and you can quote unquote flex him or quote unquote flex him out of your lineup. Like already he would be, if he wasn't injured, he'd be on my fade list for the week. Like add in the fact that he's returning from injury, add in the fact that Pete Carroll is like less than reliable and all, all stretches of the imagination (laughs) It all adds up to a no for me. It's in case of emergency only. Yeah. Like if, if um, we'll talk about this shortly here, or we can just hop right into it, right? With the Patriots backfield, with Ramondre Stevenson hurt, he got hurt in week 14, ankle injury. We don't know if he'll play this week, but if I had a guess, I feel like he won it. We don't know if Damian Harris will be back. So if those two are out, then you have Pierre Strong or Kevin Harris. A, which one would you go with out of that group? And then I'll ask the follow-up question from there. Well, one, I know who I would go with. I know my confidence level is next to nothing with who that is. But I would go with Pierre Strong because he looked like the better of the two. But Kevin Old Kevy Pants is the one who got more work, and that could easily be the case for this next game. Just because my eyes say Pierre Strong is better doesn't mean that the coaching staff agrees. Yeah, I would easily go Pierre Strong. What about you, Kate? I would also go Pierre Strong, but let's be honest. like This is the Patriots coaching staff, and we kind of never really know what they're actually going to do. Damian Harris, I think, is really interesting. He did like fly out. Uh, on Monday night football, he flew out to Arizona to be kind of utilized in case of emergency. He didn't end up being active, but like he was close enough to being active that he flew out with the team, which I think is interesting. He was back at practice on Wednesday. So that's a good sign. So if you had to play one of these guys and Damian Harris is back, is it Pierre Strong or Damian Harris? Damian Harris. I'll go with the old hand in that situation. And then is it Damian Harris or Ken Walker? Ken Walker. I'm going Damian Harris. I would also go Damian Harris there. Damian Harris has the much better matchup, 100%. But do I think that Ken Walker has the higher likelihood of seeing a higher touch total and perhaps maybe break? Like, we know Ken Walker is more than capable with his speed of breaking off a run. Like, that's what I would count on. Maybe he falls into the end zone. My expectations would not be high for any of these guys, but I would say I would trust Ken Walker's touch total to be the highest. And that's. I won't be surprised if the Seahawks scored six total points against the 49ers. So I am going with Damien Harris. That's that's my go. Jeff Wilson for the Dolphins did not practice on Wednesday. That injury hurt. That hurt a lot. He got injured last week in the middle of the game. So, you know, they don't have a great matchup against the Bills, but it's not the worst for running backs. I guess you can start Raheem Mostert if you want to, if you really need to. I would start Mostert over Ken Walker, but I don't feel great about that. But then, good news, Tyreek Hill was a full participant, and that's necessary for this Dolphins offense because he is everything to them. So that was good news. Mike White was limited in practice for the Jets. but After taking the... Most insane hit I've ever seen. I would have been dead right there. Done. Just done. So deceased. Like I would have landed and that would have been my grave. That would have been my final resting (laughs) spot. Dig it here. Dig it here. I bury me here, right here in front of, you know, my friends and family. (laughs) That was the craziest hit I think I've ever seen. And that was probably the most brutal legal hit I've ever seen. Like, It was just textbook, and Matt Milano is a king and is terrifying. Yeah. Well, he's expected to play, 
which is good. He's a he's a dog. Yeah. Kind of has that dog in him. But they get the Lions. It's an amazing, amazing matchup. So you feel good about playing him knowing that his insides probably aren't feeling too good right now. I mean, it's it's Mike White against the Lions. It's like my cat does. If I fits, I sits. If he doesn't <laughs> sits, he starts. That's how I feel about Mike White. I like it. Wow, if he's not playing was... the Bills, he's he starts. That was that was fantastic. I know Jake. I really that like was that. really that took was us really a while good. to get around to to it, but <laughs> I finally got there. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, I do have a little bit more concern. Like Mike White ended up going to the hospital last week just for precautionary testing, but I think that says enough about maybe the location of his rib injury. Like it's tickling the lung space a little bit, so. If he takes another big hit, I'd be worried that they just pull him in this one. And well, that'll be the worst because Zach Wilson is now the backup quarterback instead of Joe Flacco. So that would destroy Garrett Wilson. It would destroy everything. But what I'm saying is that, like, I do think there's a level of risk, especially with rib injuries, where it takes like one hit and you have to be extra precautionary about the lung situation. Like, yeah. I think they'll numb him up and he'll have extra protection there and he's going to be fine. Like I'm, I'll let you know, there's some guys that I'm playing Mike White over. I have two quarterbacks I'm fading this week. We'll get to those and I'll let you, we can talk more about chargers. Former team doctor is nowhere near New York at this point. Hopefully hopefully not. (laughs) Desmond Ritter is starting over Marcus Mariota. Finally. It's your happiest week, Kate. I was going to say congratulations, Kate. Thank you so much. I really earned this moment. Um, (laughs) When the news broke, I screamed. Um, It was was a magical moment. Very excited. Um, I, like, I'm extremely nervous now because it's really easy to talk up the man. I think there's a lot of potential here. I think he's going to be uh, much better for your Drake London's and that's what I was going to ask. So now against the saints, are you more comfortable? Like, are you even considering starting Drake London in this matchup? Jake with Ritter in his first start. I I get why you would, I get why you'd start Drake London. And you think, well, it can't be any worse than Marcus Mariota. Surely. And maybe there's some, you know, they, they got a buddy ship, you know, the two of them Ritter and London, for me, it still comes down to the fact that it is the first week of the playoffs. This is the first game that Ritter is stepping into. I don't want to just assume that he will funnel anything to Desmond Ritter. What if he has a fun new toy that none of us know about? That's like a technically second stringer, but gets a bunch of snaps. That he could happens. target that guy. So I'm nervous to do it. Okay, so fun question. In a super flex league, would you rather start Desmond Ritter or Ken Walker? Desmond Ritter, Ritter, for sure. You always start yeah. the quarterback unless it's just like the worst quarterback of all time. Like, Ritter I mean, could be okay regardless. With the way that yeah. Arthur Smith has been treating Desmond Ritter, you would uh, probably assume he's the worst quarterback <laughs> of all time. Even if it was Mariota, I'd be starting Mariota over Ken Walker in a super flex. So. I could see Desmond Ritter getting more rushing yards than Kenneth Walker straight up very yeah. easily this week. <laughs> Yeah, I think Ritter's a good start. Um, again, I'm going to be bringing up two guys, and we can discuss Ritter or those guys. It's getting a little risky at that point, but we can discuss it Ooh. a little later. And then last up for news here before we get into our scrumptious starts, T. Higgins, he was limited on Wednesday. So was Tyler Boyd. But the big thing here is T. Higgins, right? I don't think anyone's like going into this week like, oh, God, I need to start Tyler Boyd in my playoffs. No. If you do, then I don't even know how you got into the playoffs. Congratulations. T Higgins though, like he played one snap. The Bengals are dirty. Come on. One snap injured in pregame workouts. No, that is what they said. But if you're injured in pregame workouts, you don't come in for one snap. Like you just don't play. It was all weird, but it was egregious. Let's say he practices this week and he's active. Like I just kind of want him to be inactive. I have him in two leagues. And there are two leagues. I do not have the buy-in. So I'm I'm playing in the first round. And like, 
<laughs> what do you do? You start. I don't. Him. I don't know. I don't yes, know. Michelle, I think it's been two times now this year that he started a game and then they didn't just they stopped playing him completely after immediately. It's but like, you, but he's never done it back to back. There's a oh. stat for you. Never you, done it back to back. You listen to me. The league is going like what the Bengals did to take him off the injury report. Then have him injured in pregame warmups, then have him take a snap during the game and then pull him back. Like everybody said it was very sus. Everybody's looking at the situation. The Bengals are not going to start him and not play him again. Cause like there's already a lot of people that would love to see the Bengals find a lot of money for doing. Okay. Then guys this. help me. I, I'm going to ask for help here because if T Higgins is actually going to play. Him, no, period. this is my, this is my questions because it can help somebody else out. So I'm going to ask T Higgins or Christian Watson. That's my, that's one of my decisions. T Higgins. Yeah. I mean, he's I, active. I'm a Homer, right? I love Christian Watson and what he's been doing, but I would be hard pressed to start Watson over him. Okay, and then my other league, it'll come down to T. Higgins or Terry McLaurin. Oh, God. Am I really about to advocate for starting Terry McLaurin? I think I might be. Oh, how gross. Uh, no, you, you know what? T. Higgins still. T. Higgins still. I, I don't okay. I don't. Trust. So you guys feel good about T. Higgins. That one's much closer for me, though. I think yeah. Terry McLaurin, I would consider Terry McLaurin. Like okay, last last question: T. Higgins or Devonta Smith? Devonta Smith. Yes, Devonta Smith. Okay. All right. That I mean, this is so hard because T. Higgins now. I mean, I love the dude, and he's really talented. But man, he screwed you just twice this year. Like completely gave you nothing. But twice this year, given the the precedent that's been set, I don't think. Given the fact that the league is probably going to be watching their status with T Higgins considering this happened twice and it's not like it happened twice and it was swept under the rug. Like people were angry. People were calling the Bengals out and saying, you straight up lied. Like, and you broke the rules and you should be fine. So I cannot imagine a world where they actually do have T Higgins active and don't play him. I think if there's any sort of doubt, they will sit him to eliminate the possibility I, hope they do of, I really do. I hope they do for, for my mental health. I hope they just sit him for the week and then he can come back next week and I'll feel better that he sat for the week and his hamstring can be good. All right. That's it for the news and notes. Let's hop in to our scrumptious starts of the week. So meaty. What's not to like custard. Good. Jam, good. Meat, good. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. All right, before we get into Jake's the scariest scrumptious start of all time, I want to bring up Kate's scrumptious start from last week. It was Tony Pollard, and we made fun of her because we said he has to be top five for you to not have to take. And I said, what about top seven? And you guys were like, no, it has to be top five. Yeah, that's what we said. And he First ended- of all, spot on recreation of our voices and how we sounded in that moment. Absolutely. Now, I'm an artist. He was top five in standard and half PPR. He was the RB5. But in PPR, which is what the form we talk in, he was the RB6. <laughs> We're not going to make you take a shot because that would be silly because he was absolutely amazing. But you should take a big swig. Of your white claw. Oh, darn it. Gosh. (laughs) I got to take a sip of my white claw? Oh, my God. Oh, here I go. (laughs) You get rewarded. Oh, what a punishment. Oh, my goodness. All right. But, no, Tony Pollard was great. I know, right? We all knew he was going to be, but it's fine. He did a good job, and that's all that matters. Now, Jake, your scrumptious start makes me want to throw up. Tell, talk talk to me about it. I get it. Uh, my scrumptious start, I'll just rip the bandaid off real fast here. It's Matt Ryan. It's Matt Ryan against no. the Minnesota Vikings. That's a very no. important caveat. I want to say this is purely matchup-based. This is not Matt Ryan's been awesome. This is not even Matt Ryan's been, like, decent for fantasy this year. This is just he gets to play a defense. This is per uh, Paul Charchian on Twitter. The last seven non-Taylor Heineke quarterbacks that have faced the Vikings. The bare minimum 
is 307 passing yards against them. Nobody else has been lower. Heineke was lower, but uh, you know, Heineke, screw that guy. He doesn't fit my narrative, but that list includes most recently the last three that have gone off against them for 382 yards, 369 yards, and 330 yards, respectively. I've been Mac Jones, Mike White, and Jared Goff. Yeah, Mike White has several dogs in him. I get it. Uh, but Mac Jones, that is his career high. <laughs> That's his career high. Ryan has had an up and down season. I get it. But when he's had the softest of matchups, such as Jacksonville in week six and Vegas in week 10, he finishes quarterback two and quarterback five in those spots. It can happen. I believe it will happen this week. A glimmer of hope that, spoiler alert, is going to tie into Michelle's just a little bit. We saw them open up the offense a little bit last week against Dallas when he was allowed, or chose perhaps, to start targeting Alec Pierce more downfield. I think they do more of that this week. QBs are bad. Depleted. Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Tua Tagovailoa. I am sitting them all for Matt Ryan this week. Tua, whoo! That's yes, a, that's that a is, one. My God, Jake. But like to your credit, finished as a QB one in three different matchups this year. It was week four against the Titans, week six against the Jaguars, and week ten against the Raiders. All of those matchups are top eight in fantasy points allowed. So, in the best of best matchups, he has been successful. I'm not quote-unquote, or hashtag ballsy enough to start him in season-long leagues where my fantasy playoffs are on the line, unless it's as a QB2 in which he's probably not on my waiver. So I'm probably, um, like, if we were playing smash or pass, this would be a pass for me. But (laughs) I would not be surprised if Matt Ryan was, like, a weak winner in some major DFS contests this week. Yeah. And I'm clearly with you, right? Because my scrumptious start this week, I'll just get into it because it goes with yours. It's Alec Pierce. Now, some people get confused when I say I really like a wide receiver, but not a quarterback in fantasy. Like that happens a lot, right? The quarter, the wide receiver can have a good week. The quarterback, not so much. I can see Matt Ryan having a decent week this week. It's just scary. But my scrumptious star is Alec Pierce. I also think you should be starting Michael Pittman. But I wanted to focus in on Pierce because he's the one that you can find on waivers. And you should be starting him, I think, this week. Now, last week it was DJ Chark against the Vikings. I felt very confident about that. It worked out. Alec Pierce against the Vikings, I don't feel as confident. But I still feel very good. Where I am personally starting him in a couple of my playoff first rounders. So I'm with you here. His snap count has been very steady over the last five weeks. He's been over 70% in all of them. He's had eight targets in two of the last three games, including the last game he played. It was eight targets for 86 yards and a touchdown. And my whole thing last week with DJ Chark going against the Vikings is that the Vikings are so incredibly bad at stopping the outside wide receivers. They just can't do it. And they're so bad on the left-hand side. Like, that's where they get absolutely destroyed. Alec Pierce leads the team in routes run on the left side over the last five weeks. Now, Michael Pittman runs a lot of them, too. They kind of split. They're just both – they're the two outside wide receivers for the Colts. So, start them both. Feel good about it. I I, I do think Pierce is a much better play than – like, I'm not going to start him over really great names, obviously, but when you get to the levels of the Jujus and the George Pickens and the – Deontay Johnson and Marquise Brown, that's when I'm starting Alec Pierce over them because I'm going for the big points instead of just getting those eight points, like just trying to go safe. Like I'm going for the big points in these playoff matchups. So I really like Pierce this week. I like it too. Dang it. This is going to be a combo. You know what? You two always have the quarterback wide receiver combos. I stepped in, Kate. I stepped right in (laughs) and I took over. I know. I feel like we always kind of team up. We buddy up. There's a buddy system here at the Ball Blast <laughs> podcast. But you know what? You guys had your buddy, so I stepped yeah. outside of the box. Last week, our golf chart connection was absolutely amazing. Yeah, fist Woo-woo. bump, virtual fist. fist bump. Well, well, we don't. We're in person. We're literally yeah. sitting right next to each other. Yeah. So <laughs> actual fist bump, but like virtual fist bump to anybody who ended up starting golf or DJ Chark. 
Now, um, Kay, I want you to say this next scrumptious start of yours. And then I want Jake to answer if you'd rather go with Alec Pierce or your guy. So who is it? Okay. Um, Josh Palmer versus the Tennessee Titans, who I feel like we were all super excited about, very high on. And then Mike Williams came back. Jake, it was amazing. It, it was absolutely so freaking dominant. I think we can all probably agree that, like, I don't necessarily know if Mike Williams is still 100%. Like, it still feels like every time he gets tackled, every time there's, you know, a jump ball and he goes up for it and comes back down, there's, like, this moment where you have to hold your breath and you're like, is he good? Is he good? Is he good? And then he is fine, which I feel like summarizes his career perfectly. Um, But, like, Josh Palmer, it seems like Josh Palmer's on a – pretty good trajectory with or without Mike Williams. It doesn't really seem like Mike Williams is a huge factor. Like this guy is playing um, pretty much all of the offensive snaps for the team. The last time uh, he had fewer than four receiving targets in a game. Uh, there was just one time this entire season that that's happened. Um, and that was week four. Like this guy has been super involved regardless of whether or not Mike Williams has been on the field. It is kind of crazy. The last time he's had fewer than six targets is in week four. Like it's been a long time and he's been super safe. So he's had a, a couple of games above 100 receiving yards, but outside of those games, he's been kind of just like, you can count on this guy to get at least, you know, maybe five catches for 50 yards. Like, that feels like his floor at this point in the ceiling uh, is is high from what we've seen. I think uh, Mike Williams is volatile enough and this matchup is delicious enough that I'm all about it. Since week nine, five wide receivers have had 10 uh, or sorry, 20 or more PPR points against the Titans. Seven receivers have had 15 or more fantasy points against the Titans. 12 receivers have had 10 or more PPR points since week nine like that was like five minutes ago guys like that's a lot of wide receivers uh to be accomplishing this you know in that matter of time seven different wide receivers have scored a touchdown like justin herbert in this chargers offense is good enough to produce very heavily against this titan secondary they're tough on the ground so like i think this is going to have to be done through the air and why not put it in justin herbert's hands after a fantastic game. Like yeah. I'm all in on Josh Palmer. Okay. I don't know if I'm, I'm all in on Mike Williams and Keenan Allen in this match, but I think Josh Palmer is a decent start. Jake, if you had to go with Palmer, Alec Pierce, who are you going with? I can't say that I'm all in on Josh Palmer. What I will say is it takes just one for Josh Palmer with, you know, it's like a 70-yard reception for a touchdown, and that's all it takes. It's a very realistic thing. With that said, I have to go with my quarterback's receiver with Alec Pierce because of the matchup. But uh, you've convinced me to at least be in on Palmer as a flex, which I was not, probably because he burned me last week. Okay, so, like, let me just say this, though. Did Josh Palmer have a very nice week last week? Hashtag just one. It's okay. Quote, or... I keep using hashtag and quote unquote back, whatever, whatever. Oh yeah. He only had, yeah. I don't know why I thought he had a better quote unquote. Just one though from Justin Herbert is worth probably just three or four from Matt Ryan. Yeah. But the thing is Alec Pierce is the deep threat and the Colts. My biggest concern, this is why I don't feel as good about, my Alec Pierce as I did DJ Chark. And it's because of Matt Ryan A, but it's also because of the offensive line. And if the Vikings can get pressure up on the Colts all game long and there's no chance to go deep, then that's how both that's Ryan thing, and though, Pierce like, are going to get screwed. Matt Ryan can create pressure on himself. <laughs> like that is the thing about Matt Ryan. Whereas I think you eliminate some of that risk, especially with a healthy adjustment. Like we saw him moving outside of the pocket so well in week 14, like he truly looked like Justin Herbert again. And I feel like that's the first week we've seen it. My thing with going Palmer versus Pierce is Pierce should be the second target on this team at worst. And then with the chargers, Palmer is probably the fourth target. I Shot mean. bet. Okay. Cause like Palmer is Shot the fourth bet. target though. He's on a better offense, but he's the fourth target. 
He's on a better offense with a much better quarterback. Yeah, Keenan Allen, and Mike an, Williams, and Austin Eckler and, are going to have more targets. An arguably better matchup. Like, uh, no, they're back. I, the, the Titans and Vikings are both the worst. They're both the worst, but I'm just saying. like. And when you think about the Vikings, when you're considering the outside wide receivers, it is the worst. It's the best matchup to have. So let's do a shot bet. Jake and I are on Alec Pierce, and you're on Josh Palmer. That means Jake and I will be taking a shot next week because you never lose. I never lose. <laughs> All right, we, shot we, we, we got <laughs> we to move on. We got a lot more to get through. Jake, who's your second scrumptious start of the week? I don't think this one's going to sound any more appeasing to anybody's ears, but let me try to convince you that Elijah Moore is a good start this week against the Detroit Lions. I was in on Garrett Wilson last week. I'm shifting my attention. I'm still in on Garrett Wilson, supposing that Mike White does play, as we talked about. Elijah Moore, same caveats. If Mike White is playing or if Mike White is ruled out in advance and Joe Flacco gets to step in, I'm still in even more so, especially if Corey Davis is out. Corey Davis is in the concussion protocol. I know that's a lot to get through just to say Elijah Moore's name, but people (laughs) are in desperate need of flex plays this week with some of these injuries. Here's why Moore is a great one. This comes from friend of the show, Matthew Betts, was talking about this on Twitter. Uh, amongst others, but slot wide receivers against Detroit the last four weeks. It's been a doozy. So KJ Osborne went five receptions, 38 yards and a touchdown. Christian Kirk, six receptions, 104 yards, no touchdowns. Isaiah McKenzie, six receptions, 96 yards and a touchdown. Juan Dale Robinson, also a friend of the show, nine receptions and 100 yards, no touchdowns. Elijah Moore, once Corey Davis was put into the concussion protocol. Saw 66% of his snaps from the slot. This is where he finally gets a chance to shine. I know he's been a massive disappointment. I know your trust might be broken in him. I get it. But it's no surprise that Moore saw his season high in targets and receptions when Davis left the game. The talent's there. The coaching staff is going to be forced to utilize it against a weak slot defense. Yeah, I like it. This is my issue with Elijah Moore. I love him, right? Like, I very much think he's a super talented wide receiver. I feel like any time I have hope that he can have a good game, he -hmm. does absolutely nothing. This is like Elijah Moore can either put up 150 yards or 10. (laughs) Like, it's hard to get the in between. Uh, So, I like, and it's against the line. I can totally see this happening. I can see him having a great game. It's just the risk fast factor in such a big matchup. So like he still is just a Elijah flex. He does not rise above flex play for me. So, Elijah Moore or Alec Pierce. I'm going Elijah Moore. I'm going Pierce. Ooh, fight, fight, fight. No, I'm going fight. We, we've already talked about this. Shot bet. Um, and I, I would also go Palmer over Elijah Moore, I think. Ooh, I can't do. I'm sticking with my guy. It's Elijah Moore time. Let's win some championships. Let's All right. All right. It's risky, but I like it. Hashtag get ballsy, baby. Yeah. Get ballsy. All right. My second scrumptious start of the week is J.K. Dobbins at the Browns. Dobbins returned from IR last week and immediately led the backfield in snaps and carries and yards. He put up 120 rushing yards and a touchdown on 15 carries. Like he was unstoppable. Now I will say that long run, as soon as he was doing it, he broke off for like 44 yards. I was like, Ooh, that dude is not okay. (laughs) Like he looked hurt while he was running. I was like, okay, well he's not healthy. Like old J.K. Dobbins just gets that to the house so fast. I didn't say anything about it because I didn't want to be mean on Twitter, but he himself came out and said, like, clearly I'm not fully healthy. Like, he even said in his own words, like, I, I should have taken that to the house. But it was good to see after that run, he came back in and they kept giving him carries. So it wasn't affecting him getting touches, which is good. And he still looked good on the short yardage stuff. If he can still break off a 40 yarder, that's plenty good enough. Like it's very rare to have a longer run than that. So I'm fine. And you would expect his workload to only increase as he continues to get this time to get healthier and healthier. The Browns have allowed the third most yards per carry, second most rushing touchdowns, and third most fantasy points to running backs this season. 
it's expected to be a bad weather game in Cleveland as it is like every December game, like December through February in Cleveland is miserable. It is such bad weather. It's very, very windy, but it's supposed to be, it's especially windy this weekend during this game and the weather's supposed to be pretty bad. So, and there's no Lamar Jackson. So I expect them to lean on their defense in the run game. I like JK Dobbins can be ranked as a top 12 running back for me this week. I'm starting him over Saquon Barkley. I'm starting him over Alvin Kamara. I'm starting him over Travis Etienne, over Najee Harris, over David Montgomery. Uh, So, yeah. Do you have Pepto-Bismol in the house? Should (laughs) I I go get some? I am high on J.K. Dobbins this week. Uh, Yes, you are high. Uh, (laughs) I am high. (laughs) I love J.K. Dobbins. That was just me being a goof. But, like, whoo-wee! Saquon Barkley, like, I get it. I get the upside. I get, I get the trajectory, but like, it gives me heartburn. JK yeah. Dominance, baby. I'm starting him. Naja. Hey, I didn't trust Congestion. him last week and he proved me wrong last week. So I'm going to, I'm going to continue for the sake of his value to not trust him this week, just so he can prove me wrong again. The issue is he has to get in the end zone, but I think he can against the Browns because he doesn't get any targets. He never has, never will. And he's not going to with Tyler Huntley. It's just not going to happen. He's not going to get any targets. So he has to get into the end zone. And that's the biggest worry. But, I mean, against the Browns, I, I think he will. That's that's what I have to say. All right, Kate, who's your uh, second scrumptious start of the week? All right. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to roll back to an old favorite here with Miles Sanders. So you guys told me earlier this season I'm not allowed to start in this segment. I had to double check with Michelle to make sure I was allowed to start him this week because I've gotten so much hate recently, but that's fine. Miles Sanders, he's a good freaking running back. And this week he gets the Bears, allowing the fourth most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs this year. Fourth most broken tackles. I just, I love everything about this matchup. They're top six in yards per carry allowed, runs per uh, of 10 plus yards allowed, Partner that with the fact that he's tied for the seventh most carries inside the five yard line this year. Like the touchdown upside is there. The Eagles rank eighth in red zone drives the season. The bears are allowing plenty inside the red zone to opposing running backs. Like the matchup is there. The talent is there. The opportunity is there. Miles Sanders smash play for me across the board this week. And I feel like, We're not really talking like we know the Houston Texans are a bad matchup, but like bears or sorry that they're a bad run defense, good fantasy matchup. The bears, I feel like we're not really talking about, but they are low key, like not a good run defense and they are a good fantasy matchup and we should be playing that to our advantage. And like Miles Sanders, top 10 running back in week 15. Yeah, for sure. And top 15, top 10 i said top 10 okay yeah definitely i thought you said top 15 for a second and i was gonna no hashtag he's both both. yeah top 10 i yeah i mean by nature jk dobbins or miles sanders miles sanders miles sanders i think is safer and i think has similar upside so i don't know if he's safer but because like the the eagles are so hard they just do whatever the defense gives them they're like, okay, you're going to try to stop the run. We're just going to destroy you with the pass. Okay, yeah, you're going to try to stop the pass. We're going to destroy you with the run. And you never know which way they're going to go. And you never know who's going to get the touchdowns, the rushing touchdowns. Is it Hurts? Is it Sanders? Is it randomly Gainwell? Is it randomly Boston Scott? But you have plenty of confusion there within Their the Ravens so system as good. well. That, that's the thing. Like For as much confusion as you get in the Eagles offense, you have so much scoring potential. And there are so yeah. many opportunities the Ravens, especially without Lamar Jackson, I think there is even with less... Lamar, you were lucky to get a couple. Yeah, touchdowns like in Lamar a game. hasn't played fantastically in the second half of the season. So, like, I think from an opportunity standpoint, regardless, I think you're going to get more opportunity within the Eagles' offense, and I think similar floors. I like, I'll take Miles Sanders there. Yeah, the... no, I I think I'm with you. I, I they're both going to be ranked top twelve for me, but. probably back to back, but I'll put Sanders ahead of Dobbins. It's just a little bit safer there. I'm with you. All right, let's go into our biggest farty fart phase of the week. Farty fart. 
This is when they become super important. Do not lose your fantasy season on these guys. Jake, who's your first one? This matters a lot because if we give bad advice here, it's going to hurt real bad. Oh, my God, Michelle. To paraphrase Scott Hansen, this is the witching hour. This is when wins become losses and losses become wins. Don't don't come at me with legal teams. <laughs> Just FYI, that. you set yeah, your man. own matchups. We're here to help, but we love you, and please don't hurt us if anything. <laughs> now you can send all of your hate mail to me. It's fine. I'm used to it. But I would not personally start Marquise Hollywood Brown this week against Denver. We oh. mentioned him. Michelle talked about this as a candidate to sit. For some of these other guys that we talked about at the top of the episode, just to get ahead of it, I'd start all three of them above Marquise Brown this week. Here's why. Simple reasons. Number one, his quarterback is Colt McCoy. Number two, the other quarterback in this matchup is probably Brett Rippon. Uh, this is going to be a super low-scoring, gross game. Three, the Broncos have given up exactly one 300-yard passing game. That just happened to Patrick Mahomes because he's magic and he doesn't count. Number four, Brown has averaged just 40 yards in the last two games back from injury. Maybe it's because it's the first games that he's played alongside DeAndre Hopkins this year. Maybe it's because he's still a little bit injured and recovering from that. Maybe it's both. I don't know. I don't care. I'm not taking his eight points this week. I'm taking a lot more upside. And there are literally dozens of guys who have that more than he does this week. Yeah, and we didn't even bring up in the news segment. We completely forgot. But Kyler Murray, you know, he's going to be out here for the rest of the year because he tore his ACL. So now we're dealing with Colt McCoy as the quarterback for the Cardinals. How did we miss that? Yeah, that's... that's... There's too many injuries to keep track of this week. And also, like, it's not like Kyler Murray's been great or anything. We're not breaking news. um, But, I mean, it is important for fantasy. Like, Jake... From a a quarterback perspective, how much does the loss of Kyler Murray factor into the fact that Marquise Brown is one of your sits for this week? I mean, it's massive. I would still I would still be against him even if Kyler Murray was his quarterback. The fact that Colt McCoy is stepping in instead gives me zero confidence. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, you have to start. I still have some qualms with him being super high ranked this week, but you have to start him. Marquise Brown has not proven that you need to do that. Yeah, I'm with you there. My farty fart fade of the week is Jared Goff and DJ Chark versus Jets. So they were both our scrumptious starts last week. I'm making them our fades of the week this week. Listen, Goff has been very solid for fantasy as of late, and he was the QB4 last week. It was fantastic but he's played three straight games at home in the dome. He is fantastic at the at his dome at home, but his home road splits are actually astonishing. Like they're amazingly different. He's averaging 21.3 fantasy points per game at home and just 8.5 points on the road. He has 22 touchdowns this year, 22 passing touchdowns this year. 20 of them, 20 of the 22 have come in home games. That's insane. So that means he has two total passing touchdowns on the road. That's bad season. That's two more than I have on the road. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's pretty wild. It really is. But to make things worse, the Jets have not allowed an opposing quarterback to hit 250 passing yards in a game or throw for more than one passing touchdowns in any game since week three. That was a long time ago. So that means no one's hitting over 250. No one's had more than one touchdown. And uh, since the middle of September, the end of September, pretty that's pretty crazy. They have allowed just five total passing touchdowns over the last 10 games. Do you really want to put all of your hope into Jared Goff in a, a win-or-go-home game against this defense? In a road game, I I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I get it. He's been really good. And you look at the Lions offense and they've been amazing. Again, they're amazing at home. Not a way. It's going to be cold. Jared Goff's not good in the cold in New York. Jared Goff's not going to be good against Sauce Gardner, period. 
period. But uh, like, listen, a lot of quarterbacks have bad matchups this week. So I'm still going with Jared Goff over like a Geno Smith. Fine. But really? uh, obviously all the top guys I'm starting. No. Including Justin Fields. No. And then I'm also going with Mike White, Kirk Cousins, Tyler Huntley. Now the question is, is it Desmond Ritter or Jared Goff? That I don't know. What about you? Oh, uh, oh, I, I'm still going to start Jared Goff because it's the playoffs, man. It's the first week of the playoffs. I Maybe he can overcome it. Desmond Ritter is such a wild card in his first career start. I can't do it. I would take off. What about Geno Smith or Goff? I think it's still play Geno Smith for his little bit, tiny bit of rushing floor that he has, which feels like it's dissipating week by week, but I'd still take that. Geno Smith has been a QB one in 62% of his games this year. You start Geno Smith over Jared Goff, okay. Michelle. Okay. Without debate. Okay. I will uh, literally fight you. I sleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I will literally go to, right, to uh, battle for this man. I'll change it. I'll go Geno Smith over Jared Goff. I'm changing my middle name to Geno. But <laughs> this is do. a this is not a matchup I want to target in the slightest. You know what matchup I'm going to target? Geno Smith's in week 15. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Kate. <laughs> Kate, who's your... Uh... I don't even love the matchup. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you don't sit Geno okay, Smith. Leave okay. Him All right. Kate, who's your first party fart of the week? I don't even care anymore because I'm starting Geno Smith. I'm just obsessed. Um, No. Uh, Zonovan Knight. That's who I'm starting or who I'm not starting this week against the lions. Like he's looked great. He clearly has a role. He very much out carried Michael Carter, right? Like we were all kind of questioning what happens to Zonovan Smith once Zonovan Knight, once Michael Carter gets back into the mix and it turns out he gets lots of carries. Like that's, that's great news, but the lion's, are actually kind of a great rushing defense. I feel like like the sentiment is almost that they're not a bad matchup. They're a really, really bad matchup. They're allowing the fewest fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Since week eight, they face Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Travis Etienne, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary. Not a single one of them hit 10 fantasy points. Like, this is a really tough matchup. Like this defense has got it together at this point. And, you know, looking back at week 14, yeah, Michael Carter had just five carries. It feels very reassuring, right? When you look at Sonovan Knight's total carries, you know, it, it he played 50% of offensive snaps. It feels deceiving because he actually, uh, Michael Carter played more than Sonovan Knight last week and you wouldn't have known it based on the stat sheet, but I'm going to assume that the lions kind of have the lead on this game based on just where they're at in terms of defense and offense. But Michael Carter played 76% of third down snaps in week 14 Knight played 12% of offensive snaps on third down last week. I think that like game script is going to dictate that, this is more of a Michael Carter game. I think the stat line is falsely reassuring and the matchup sucks. No, I cannot trust this man in my fantasy playoffs. Not this week, but in week 17, he's got a banger. So I'll, I'll take that, but I'm out for right now. I would rather play Donovan Knight than Ken Walker. I don't think that's the case for me. What about you, Jake? I would, because there's no injury scare. That's the one thing that he has going for him that Kenneth Walker does not is health. Or and you would think health. the Jet- Kenneth Walker is not on the final injury. Right I though. expect the I expect the Lions to have more scoring opportunities. No, I'm sorry. I expect the Jets to have more scoring opportunities against the Lions than the Seahawks will have against the 49ers. So that's why I'm going tonight. At least you're even in your uh, hatred, or not hatred, in your pushback against the Seahawks. Geno Smith, no. Kenneth Walker, no. It's just a simple across-the-board no for Seahawks this week. Listen, the 49ers defense is absurd right now. They really are. I agree they're absurd, but I like. I feel like no matter what, it's a roll of the dice. So, like, I don't, roll the dice. Like, I, I just think Kenneth Walker, I'm going to bet on his talent more. Then I will. So, yeah, but Zonovan Knight looks really talented as well. 
do you do you really okay you you don't think they're act no I don't think there's <laughs> you don't I don't think they're the same talents but no. I, I do think when one is dealing with an they ankle injury look, yeah but Ken Walker okay. again off the injury I'm not I'm saying I like I'm skeptical we're of, fading both of them it's yes fine. I'm, I'm also skeptical fading Donovan but I I do think you Probably it's probably going to be harder to sit Zonovan than it is to sit Ken Walker. But as I noted, like, don't you guys think that based on the information we had from week 14, when you look at the box score and you don't look at the snap counts and don't look at the fact that like it's it's purely early down work, like I just don't know how much early down work there is going to be to go around in this specific matchup. I'm worried. I'm worried and I because think, I don't think the lines are going to do all that much on offense. I that's fine. All right, Jake, I disagree. <laughs> your second farty fart fade. I'm guessing you're not telling people to sit, but just to be cautious. Yes. Please don't take this as a sit. You probably cannot afford to sit Nick Chubb, who's playing the Ravens. Nor do I want you to. I'm not advocating for that. But what I'm advocating for is you to put a whole bunch more upside in your lineup than you think you need if you are starting Nick Chubb because, A, the Ravens are allowing the third fewest rushing yards to opposing running backs. B, he just put up 34 yards on 14 attempts last week against Cincinnati, who, by the way, In his eight previous outings against them, he was averaging almost 100 yards and a touchdown per game in those instances. He didn't do it last week. Why? What's going on here? Well, let's defer to J.J. Zacharyson, who put up this tweet earlier. The Browns, week 1 through 12. This is pre-Deshaun Watson's return. They were 4th in yards per drive, 10th in scoring rate per drive, 8th in touchdown rate per drive. Those are pretty good numbers. Weeks 13 and 14 with Deshaun Watson coming back, 28th in yards per drive, last in scoring rates and touchdown rate per drive. Deshaun Watson, at the very minimum, whatever you want to say about him, is rusty and looks bad and is holding back a guy like Nick Chubb from doing well for your fantasy team right now. Even with the windy game and that happening, I am not expecting that 100 yards and a touchdown. I'm not expecting anywhere close to that this week against the Ravens. So, sit him no. But again, bundle upside as much as possible with some of these other guys. Yeah, it's it's hard because it is a... A really crappy matchup for such an important week. And you really need Watson to be performing better. Like for some reason, it's just like he's destroying this offense, which is wild that Brissett was so much better for them. So much better for fantasy anyways. And yeah, it's hard, but it's also Nick Chubb and you know how good he is and it can't really sit him. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. The nice thing about Nick Chubb is that he always offers breakaway potential. Like, it doesn't really matter what defense – like, obviously there are defenses that limit explosive plays, but, like, that explosive play potential is 100% always there with that man. Well, let's so, say like, – that's why you can't sit him. Let's say you have other options. There are teams that, you know, have done a good job on waivers or – did a good job of drafting. I cannot Nick Chubb or J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins. That's a pretty easy one for me. J.K. Yeah. Dobbins. Miles Sanders or Nick Chubb? Miles Sanders. Okay. So, yep. but also like people we're might doing, have those options. We're James Connor. I'd also start over Nick Chubb okay. this week. I feel. What like about those... Isaiah Pacheco against Houston? Yes. yes. You start Absolutely. Isaiah Pacheco over Nick Chubb. Houston is an auto start for your running backs. Then, like, there are teams that are going to have these options the thing is you have to have all like you have to have all of those starters combined and then have better flex options too yeah yeah so you have it's not just a one for one Mm -hmm. thing you have to have all of those options on the same roster yep for that to be a one for one comparison so what i'm saying is that a lot of probably not for many but there's somebody listening here right now that's like okay i I hope there is because that means we did a good job this year maybe (laughs) maybe all right my second fade of the week is Tua Tungabailola at the Bills. That's at- the best you've ever said, Tua Tungabailola. Wow, because I thought I just butchered it hard, so happy you said that. I was regretting picking him for at that moment just because <laughs> I had to say the name. 
have defenses figured out the Dolphins? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But the last three weeks have not been nice for the Dolphins offense. Tua has scored just 16, 13.8, and 12.6 fantasy points over the last three games. Now we have a banged up Tyreek Hill. Yeah, he's going to play. He's off, like he's practicing. I'm sure he'll play. That's great, but he's still banged up and he's literally everything to Tua. He can throw a bad ball and Tyreek is going to catch it. It does not matter. Tyreek Hill is like he should be considered for MVP of the season if Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes didn't exist. He's just been absolutely amazing. I've I've been astonished by Tyreek Hill. But besides that, they have to go to Buffalo and play in Buffalo in freezing cold temperatures at a night game. And there's snow in the forecast. And last week, the Dolphins, they go to Los Angeles. They go to California. And they're like, oh, my God, it's freezing. And they have heaters on their side. Like, I can't even believe they did this because knowing that you're going to Buffalo next week and knowing how people are going to make fun of you. Is they, this a true – like, I saw it. Yes, but they like, had it, heaters. Are you sure it was a true story? Yes. They okay. had heaters on the sidelines in Los Angeles. And I get it. It can get chilly in California. But, like, <laughs> how chilly is it getting? Like, six, It was 50 degrees. Okay. 50s. You're going to be dealing with 20s in Buffalo with snow. Like, good luck. And also the Bills defense, now that they're getting healthier again, they're great again. Like, the Bills defense, when they're not completely destroyed with injuries, they're really, really, really good. And they have only allowed one quarterback all season long to have more than 20 fantasy points against them this year. It was when they were completely depleted. I just – I don't think there's any upside with Tua this week. I'm not saying you have to sit him. I just – I don't feel good about it. I don't think he's going to do much. Tua or Desmond Ritter? don't know dude i'm sorry that it's a question is insane I'm but sorry. i get it but i i'm starting obviously justin herbert dak prescott over him obviously patrick mahomes hurts josh allen like all the big names and then also though i'm still okay starting mike white over him kirk cousins tyler huntley even over him wow and then you get to the desmond ritter and i don't know that's like i want a barf decision that's yeah, rough that's rough stuff for two uh, uh, managers right now. But do you know I get how it. happy I, I am two. as yeah. like a Desmond But like Ritter the last chaser? two weeks, 13.8, 12.6. Do I yeah. think Desmond Ritter will score at least that? Yes. Do I think he has higher upside than that? Yes. Tua against the Bills earlier this year. Now he did get injured, but he played the whole pretty much the whole game. Only scored 11 fantasy points. And that was in Miami. Now you're going to freezing cold temps. He's not a freezing cold temps kind of dude. It could get really, really bad. It sure. could. Okay. So I, I don't think it's crazy to consider a Ritter over Tua. It's just really hard pill to swallow. Just to be clear, I would play Desmond Ritter over Tua this week. Okay. We're getting, we're getting ballsy. <laughs> listen, you listen to us for a reason. It's because we get ballsy. It's because we're honest. It's, right. We're honest. And, and we can be wrong. We're not saying that. It's just this is what we would do. But just know that, like, when I give advice, it's what I'm literally doing in my league. Yeah. Period. All right. Kate, who's your last party fart of the week? This one kind of, like, this is me playing buzzkill. Okay. But, like, I cannot, right? Evan Ingram. (laughs) Guys. Evan. (laughs) It's actually funny. Evan Ingram is the tight end four this year after his matchup. Like, Talk about a more deceiving situation, right? Like last week, he was the tight end 15 in full PPR formats and jumped to tight end four in a single week. That is how crappy the tight end position is. But like, actually, I do want to give a little bit of props to Evan Ingram. He's been a tight end one in 54% of his games this year, which is very helpful. Like in a very volatile matchup, if you can give me numbers like half the time, I feel like that's pretty solid and props to you. But this week they get the Cowboys and I'm not at all. My dog just like moaned and she does not like, I don't know if it came through the mic, but she moaned and she is like not at all feeling this matchup against the Cowboys. They have allowed just a single tight end more than 10 uh, points in Full PPR formats this year. Like, that is the gimme format. And it was Tyler Higby. It took 10 targets. 
He had seven receptions for 46 yards, and that is it. They have a lot of single touchdown to a tight end this season. It was Cole Komet in week eight. In that matchup, he had two catches for 11 yards. So, like, Evan Ingram coming off of a career game, he was fantastic. The chemistry is clearly there. Trevor Lawrence is on fire. That's great. But this is a really hard defense. This is a really tough matchup for opposing tight ends. And I'm not I'm not committing to Evan Ingram when I think that like this is the kind of situation where you really need to play to the waiver wire. Honestly, go check. See if Dallas Goddard is on your fantasy waiver wires because he was activated from IR. Like he's being activated from IR. I found him in one of my leagues on the waiver wire. And it's one of those situations where you might just not think to look for him and he's pushed down because he's not projected for any points that week. Scroll down, see if he's there. Um, see if Darren Waller's there even. Like there are guys with upside that could be on your waiver wire that I would rather play for upside than Evan Ingram. Also Greg Dulcich, he might not be there because he's had you know a couple good weeks, but Greg Dulcich against the Cardinals this week. Hunter Henry just put up 70 yards against them. Just every single tight end against Cardinals start him. So if he's available, start him as well. We didn't bring him up earlier, but he's a great start. All right, before we close out today's show, let's run through um, our decisions for making lineups. We'll help you make your lineups real quick. So there's five questions here. Let's run through these. First one, I think, listen, Isaiah Pacheco versus the Texans or Alvin Kamara against the Falcons. This is a crazy question to be asking in week 15, but it's legit. And I have my answer. It's Pacheco. I hate this question. I I know we want to run through this, but I felt so much more confident saying Pacheco over Chubb than I do Pacheco over Kamara. Kamara has a good matchup against the Falcons this week. Mark Ingram is not going to be playing, right? He has everything working in his favor. And that, why is it still so hard for me to say Kamara? I can't. It is Pacheco for me as well. Yeah, just Kamara's doing absolutely nothing. Kate, what are you doing? Pacheco's been safer on the ground and he has the best matchup in the NFL right now. It's Pacheco and I don't think it's close, but like, I think people who are in full PPR scoring formats, they do have a decision to make. It's like, do you want the garbage that is Alvin Kamara? You might get some, some catches that I don't think Pacheco is necessary. He's not going to get those. I will say more than ever this year. I realize I think full PPR like I, I think half PPR is the way to go because there's been a lot of bad running backs getting points off of full PPR. And you're like, ah, that feels gross. So I, I'm starting to move back to the half PPR life, I think. But that's beside the point. Moving on to two guys that are pretty much like PPR. And that's it because they're not great on the ground. Rashad White versus the Bengals or DeAndre Swift against the Jets. Which one are you going with? I really thought DeAndre Swift was going to do great things last week against Minnesota. He did not do great things last week against Minnesota. I'm having a hard time believing Rashad White. Terrible, terrible matchup last week, right, against San Francisco. I mean, he's still fine. He's still got you 10 points. I'm going to start Rashad White here. Yeah, because even in that matchup, he's still got five receptions. And it, I mean, against the Bengals, that's not a good matchup either. Like it's a mm-hmm. pretty bad running back matchup as well. But oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't know. This answer is actually pretty easy for me. Fine, I'm going white. It's white. Okay. It's a hundred percent white, and it comes from the fact that I think actually their receiving floor is kind of the same, right? Like I, you look at Rashad White, and he has had no fewer than five targets in each of the last three games. Like that is a fantastic floor as a receiver. Sure. You're like Deandre Swift, probably going to get that, but also Rashad white has had 13 or more carries in three of his last four games. I don't know that you're going to get that with Deandre Swift. I think it's, I think it's a much safer road. And I think it's shocking right now. It's shocking. He even got 13 carries last week because they, the, Buccaneers got destroyed right away. They're down by like 21 points immediately. And you can't run on the 49ers. So the fact he even got 13 carries is really impressive. So, yeah, I'll go with White. 
Moving on, Cam Akers. He saved his day last week because of the touchdown. That's the only way he saves his day. Yeah, but he gets the Packers, who are really bad against running backs, Mm -hmm. or A.J. Dillon, who finally had a good game before the Packers buy versus the Rams. So same game, Akers or Dillon. Dillon only had that good game because Aaron Jones was in and out of the game and then finally out of the game. Seems like he's going to be back and playing this week. I don't like Cam Akers because you do have to believe in the touchdowns, but he could get another one. So I'll go with Akers. Baker Mayfield. I'll go with Akers as well. What are you doing? I'll I'll take. um, Just say a name. Akers, I (laughs) guess. I would honestly rather flip a coin. All right, I'm, I'm not kidding. I would feel less guilt if I did that and got the answer wrong. Acres, Acres, or Ken Walker? Ken Walker, easily. I'm, go- I'm going with Acres. What? That better be reflected in your rankings this week. I'm not <laughs> kidding. If it's not, divorce. <laughs> and I don't take that lightly. I don't even do rankings. <laughs> I do, and I never want. I do fire and ice. I do tears, baby. All right, um, but yeah, Acre, Ken Walker is going to be in my fades, my ice plays, and Acres will be in the risky but high upside rank. So that's a cop high. out. Cop out. Gabe Davis versus the Dolphins or Mike Evans versus the Bengals? They're pretty Yikes. much the same players right now. Like, they're God, this sucks. Wow, does this suck? How do you get nine targets if you're Mike Evans and wind up with 44 yards and no touchdown? Gabe uh, Davis, though, ranks top five in fantasy points per touch. Like, how bad does that hurt? And he ranks top That's five in the... fantasy points per touch. Yeah. And Josh Allen said, could you get me uh, – I'm going to order uh, one Cole Beasley and one John Brown, please. The issue is he needs to catch it for it to count as a touch. I'll yep. still take the upside in this matchup, though, against Miami. I'd rather play Davis and hope for the moon. Yeah, same. I'm going with Gabe here. Reach for the moon. Even if you fall, you land among the stars named Gabe Davis. It's Gabe Davis. And then last, uh, Darius Slayton at Washington. He was having a a good streak there, but then fell apart last week against the Eagles. Or uh, Drake London with a new quarterback against the Saints. Which one are you going with? Last time that Slayton played against the Commanders two short weeks ago, he did put up six for 90. I'm not, I'm not looking at that exactly, but I'd rather take that than chance it with London, unfortunately. Okay. Um, this is, this is your, these are your babies. (sighs) Ritter in London. (laughs) London. I'll take London. I actually, I feel good about the connection. Um, I think that London, especially in full people, like we've already seen a ceiling with Drake London. I think he's been, um, Drake London put up 95 yards against the Steelers last game that they played. Damn. I'll go with Drake London. I think that like the connection is going to be there. I think these guys have, I, I, that's coming from me, a Desmond Ritter believer. And you know what? The great part is he's six, four. You don't have to believe in him that much. You just <laughs> toss it up, baby. Like, ah, screw it. He's down there somewhere like that. That's the vibes that I feel like we could get from, Desmond Ritter to Drake London this week. All right. Well, that's it for today's show. Hit us up on Twitter if you have any questions before the week starts. You can find me, Michelle, at Ball Blast M, Ball Blast EM. And you can find me, KFF Ball Blast. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.